This episode of The Winding Stairs is brought to you by freemasonryart.com. We well know that art has the potential of stirring our emotions. It can be used as a, an effective educational tool and that it can help us in our journey of spirituality. But did you know that recently discovered evidence shows that art might have been used in this manner for over 40,000 years. This is The Winding Stairs, episode 15. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda a professional artist and master mason, 32nd degree of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite in Freemasonry. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Winding Stairs. Thank you very much for taking the time to accompany me in this journey up The Winding Stairs. As we try to become better people by really studying the lessons and the, the great things that are within our honorable fraternity. I have a lot of really cool stuff to share with you. And, but first I want to start by thanking a few people that have made this journey a little bit more exciting for me. Recently, I had the privilege of being invited to visit Columbus, Georgia by worshipful brother Nick James. He brought me up to Columbian Lodge number seven. What a beautiful place. And I could definitely feel the brotherly love in that place. They made me feel very welcome along with my friend Victor who accompanied me in the trip. And we had a fantastic time. Brother Nick James took the time to show us the lodge. He even went to pick us up at the hotel. I was invited to speak and I gave a presentation that I will share with you in one of the future episodes and it's titled Bridging the Gap. So stay tuned to The Winding Stairs. You don't want to miss that. And from Columbian Lodge number seven, another thanks goes out to Brother Mackie Carter. What a gentleman. This brother took Victor and I under his wings, and he became our personal tour guide. We got together in the morning. We went visiting different sites. We even went to see the original home in Columbus, Georgia, of one of our brothers that has made history. The brother that invented Coca-Cola, Brother John Pemberton, who coincidentally was a member of Columbian Lodge number seven in Columbus, Georgia. We even visited his his tombstone, his grave. It was unexpected, but we did visit two different cemeteries. It wasn't part of our plan. It just happened. It was very sobering for us to uh, to be in that place. Uh, Brother Victor and I, we had many, many deep conversations about the fraternity, and one of them we will be sharing with you soon. One of the upcoming episodes that I'm putting together 
is of a conversation that we had on our way to Columbus, Georgia. You don't want to miss that. We we touch on uh, membership, attrition. We talk about the the commitment of the people in the lodge to make their individual lodges grow and thrive. So you don't want to miss that. You will hear a very candid conversation between two brothers that are just inside of a car and talking about Freemasonry and life. I'm convinced that you are going to love it. So make sure you to stay connected with us on Facebook at Masonic Fundraiser. Visit thewineasters.com. And also, if you can't sign up for our email list, that's where we will be in touch with everybody, letting them know when new episodes are coming, when they're released. And if we're going to be somewhere near where you live, we will let you know. One thing that surprises me about this experience of having the podcast is the increased numbers number of opportunities to come speak at different lodges. I feel humbled for the opportunity to do so, but it is a very enriching opportunity for myself because I get to see how things are done in different lodges. And I get to meet with brothers that have uh, a lot of things in common with us and, and can teach me things that I can pass along to you. So stay connected with us through our mailing list and through our different social media networks so that you can stay informed of where we're going to be next. And hopefully you can join me and, and Brother Victor and sit in lodge with me. That will be something very, very cool. I also want to take time to thank Victor for going with me on this trip. He it was something that we needed to to do for a long time, and we finally did it. We finally became the traveling brothers, as we call it, and we went to visit lodges outside of our jurisdiction. That was a lot of fun, and I encourage you, brothers, to travel. We hear this a lot, travel, travel, travel. But on this trip, I got a chance to really understand a little bit more why we are encouraged to travel. Seeing the variations in the opening and closing of the lodge, was an unexpected treat for me. I had seen some variations before, but nothing like nothing like this. I'm not going to spoil anything. Of course, I can't. So I encourage you to visit the lodges in your jurisdiction. And if you can't travel a little bit further, do so. You will not regret it. And now to our main topic. I want to talk about art and Freemasonry and the power that art has had in my life in shaping the kind of man I am today. As I set out to produce new art inspired by the lessons of Freemasonry, I do so with one thing in mind. First, I want to create something that enlightens me. In the process of finding this information, I go through the degrees, I go through the different reading materials that feed into my Masonic education. And I derive from them the inspiration to create something that will last. Something that hopefully will outlive me and reach people for generations to come and inspire them to live a passionate life, an intentional life, one that's adorned with all the beauty and glory of becoming a better man, one that's fed by that desire of reaching higher, of competing not with others, 
but competing with your own self. You more than anybody knows what your virtues are, where the superfluities in your life are. And hopefully with this brotherhood that we, that we enjoy, we're able to help one another chip at those imperfections and grow day by day, polishing this ashlar that is imperfect right now, but eventually will be perfect as it joins that celestial lodge above. Now join me in exploring this idea of how art can help shape a man, whether it's music, poetry, paintings, all working in one direction to make you a better man, a better person. At the top of the program, I mentioned that art could have been used as a form of expression or connecting with spirituality or perhaps teaching or telling stories as far back as 40,000 years ago. And this comes out of an article published in June of 2012, where the National Geographic, uh, reported by Ken Dan, talks about this cave in Spain called El Castillo. Inside of this cave, there are a series of dots and handprints that are believed to date back to about 42,000 years ago. Granted, the, the method used to date these can be a little bit controversial or it could be argued, but nevertheless, we're talking about tens of thousands of years ago. It, you know, the dispute is only that it might be uh, to 10,000 years younger than 42,000, but we're talking about at the very least 30 some thousand years ago. Now we have no clue and I don't believe there's any way for us to be able to say with certainty what the purpose of these cave paintings were. But if we were to think of how art is used today, we can make some deductions as to what would move these primitive people to create these cave paintings. When I say primitive, we also have very little evidence about how intelligent or how advanced these civilizations might have been. We can come to some conclusions based on what we can find, but there is a lot that doesn't survive the test of times to give us a better picture of what their life was like. One of the things that I really enjoy about Freemasonry, considering that I love art, is the fact that art plays an important role in Freemasonry. You've heard me before say that Freemasonry is a science of morality, veiled in allegory, and illustrated by symbols. In a previous episode of The Winding Stairs, I talk about why we veil our mysteries under allegories and symbolism. And there's a very practical way or practical reason for this. And it is the fact that the way that we look at symbols can trigger vast amounts of information in a split second. 
You can look at a symbol for which you know the story behind it. You know the lessons that are associated with that symbol. And you can instantly recall a lot of the lessons behind that symbol. Granted, we cannot make any verifiable claims about why these people were doing cave paintings back 40,000 years ago. But if it was for the purpose of expressing themselves, or if it was for the purpose of expressing an idea, or the purpose of sharing a story, or perhaps documenting an event, then we can say that we have many parallels to draw with those people. Part of the argument that when I invite you to, to look it up, I'll share a link to the article. It is very interesting because the difference between those 10,000 years that are being argued, they make a difference uh, as to what kind of being or what kind of uh, human was actually taking place in the creation. So the claim by the lead scientist is that it could have been Neanderthals that were creating these paintings, which completely would shed a very different light as to what this um, human was capable of or was involved in back in that time. So what does this have to do with Freemasonry might be the question. It is that link between self-expression, expression of spirituality, sp the expression of lessons. That's the tie that I am trying to, to present here. And by no means am I trying to claim that Neanderthals were Freemasons or that our order dates back 40,000 years. But I just want to show what the human condition um, has predisposed us to do, to express ourselves in an artistic kind of way. And you might be listening to this, and perhaps you're not a visual artist. Might Maybe you have musical talents, or perhaps you're someone that can write poetry or make sculpture or you're handy with your hands. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do is to express yourself using those tools or those talents that you've that you possess into achieving these different things, achieving perhaps a spiritual connection or perhaps expressing your yourself, documenting an idea. If you're listening to this and perhaps you feel you don't have a particular artistic talent to express yourself with, what I encourage you to do is to take advantage of the creation that other people have done dig into the artistic expressions that other people have have done. As a professional artist, I have done hundreds of exhibitions and I have traveled around the country doing it. And I have encountered a lot of people that say, I can't even draw a stick figure. And that's understandable. Not everybody is going to be able to draw. Other people also say, I just don't get art, don't understand it. We're fortunate that Freemasonry comes coupled with explanations about what the art that you see related to Freemasonry is about. One thing I never suspected before joining the fraternity was that there is actual music about Freemasonry, part of ritual. I, I wasn't very familiar with the fact that poetry plays a role in some of the earlier documents that we've been able to find about Freemasonry. So 
these are ways of ways in which other brothers that came before have expressed themselves to share an idea so far you have heard in previous episodes i had an opportunity to speak with a hollywood producer that has used his talent of acting and producing and directing to create something that can perhaps have a positive influence in the perception of Freemasonry, or perhaps move someone to question one thing about Freemasonry and become more educated about it. And of course, I'm talking about Brother Joseph James, who was part of episode 12 and 13. I will be including some links to those in the show notes. But, and he actually is... Uh, going to be announcing some really, really cool stuff that I know a lot of you brothers have been waiting for. So stay tuned to The Winding Stairs, and he is going to make some revelations pretty soon about the progress of his movie and when and where can you see it. So stay in touch with us so you don't miss that. I also have lined up some interviews with other artists that are Freemasons in, in different fields. I will have a an interview coming up with brother Ryan Flynn. You've probably seen his patents and his illuminated patent work, which is outstanding. You will be hearing from him very, very soon. And also, I will be interviewing some brothers that are more in the literature aspect of the arts. And my interest in this, and hopefully you find this interest as well, is that they are putting to work those tools which they already have, these are the tools of their trade. They know how to work with these tools, and they're putting those to the service of the craft. Hopefully, when people see the the artwork, and when people hear the music, or read the poetry, or perhaps read a story, or go watch a movie that in one way or another is connected to Freemasonry, perhaps there is a deeper connection there, and the viewer, the spectator of this work of art can appreciate some of these lessons that are bound to make us better men and better people. This program is made possible by freemasonryart.com, an online store of products made by masons for masons. It features a selection of original Masonic paintings, limited edition artwork, and genuine lambskin aprons. Available only through freemasonryart.com. Imagine yourself walking into the next stated meeting wearing a custom-painted Masonic apron, like the ones we see displayed in museums. We invite you to look at our collection and support the winding stairs through your purchase. Go to www.freemasonryart.com. I'll share with you a personal example of how art has helped me become a better person and it has helped me have an influence on other people. In my travels as a professional artist, I would bring my art to a venue, whether it's a gallery or a convention center, and I would set up all my paintings in a very organized manner. And I would observe people walk by and be drawn into one painting or another. The style in which I traditionally paint uh, 
It's a style that is very similar to surrealism, where I put different symbols in an unusual arrangement. For example, I have a a painting of a I have a, a painting of a cancer cell being pierced by a sword. And right above it, there's an eye in the sky looking at the situation. Well, that might sound strange, or even when you see it for the first time, it might, it might really catch your eye or make you look twice. And I do that on purpose. There's a shock that stops you. Look at this. This is out of context. What do you think this means? And it's almost immediately that people will stop, look, and try to figure out what in the world was this guy thinking when he painted this? Now, when you know the story behind the reason for me making that painting, then everything, everything makes sense. When I first came up with the, with this painting, which is called Cancer Battle, it was when I first heard the news that my mother had relapsed and was in the hospital once again. This happened back in 2003, um, well, early 2004, and she had been battling cancer for some time, and she had gone on remission, and she, had, she was doing better, but when I first heard the news that she had gone to the hospital again without hearing many more details about the reasons why she went back to the hospital, I knew that it had something to do with her condition. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. There's very little that I could have done at that moment to make my situation better, to comfort my family, or be of any use to anybody. But there was one thing that I knew how to do, and that was to draw and to paint. So I took my emotions at that moment. I took that energy that I received from the devastation of knowing that my mother was once again in the hospital fighting for her life and I took my weapons I took my tools which were my brush and my colors and I began creating this piece that that I'm talking to you about in the piece the cancer cell is being violently pierced by a sword which represents the battle against cancer, whether it's the the battle of that patient battling cancer, or it is my battle to help people understand that the importance of living a healthier lifestyle so that they can battle the the possibility of, of getting cancer, or whether it's the battle between the different doctors in the world trying to come up with a solution to this epidemic. And the, the eye in the sky, it was like a window to the soul. It was almost a witness to everything that's going on, this battle, this this effort that's happening. So you see how all these symbols start coming together. And now when you visualize that painting, and I'll share some links to, to that image so that you can so that you can see it uh, exactly how it is. But you can see that it all starts making sense. Now if luck would have that, you would come across this painting again in the future, anywhere else, and you see it, you will instantly have a recollection of me telling you this story, of you knowing how this 
young man in Florida was trying to use his talent to create something in the light of the possibility of losing his mother. And you might share that story with someone else and perhaps inspire them to take on that battle against cancer. Now, the same thing, the same thing happens when people look at a Masonic symbol. And perhaps the first time you came across a Masonic symbol was maybe an emblem in the, in the back of a car, or you saw the square encompasses on a building. Perhaps the first time you saw that symbol, it didn't mean much to you. But today, knowing what you know about Freemasonry and all the lessons that are behind the square and the compasses, then your experience with that work of art is significantly different. You're able to then share that information or share those lessons with other people in a confident, determined way. You can use those tools also to remind yourself of the lesson of keeping your passions within due bounds, of acting upon the square, being a righteous person. All those lessons are wrapped up in that simple symbol of the square and the compasses. So he, therein lies that power of using a symbol or using art in a way to move people and help them, but also help yourself. I will leave you with these two thoughts. Number one, continue familiarizing yourself with the symbols that form part of our fraternity. The symbols that you might feel you are familiar with, they might have additional interpretations. When you get together with brothers to talk about Freemasonry, Revisit those symbols that you feel comfortable with and share your interpretation. It's no mystery that a symbol that means something to you or carries a specific meaning or significance to your life might have a completely different interpretation or significance in the life of one of your brothers. You might have a lot to gain from their perspective of this symbol. Revisit the allegories, the stories that teach the moral lessons of our fraternity. Revisit those with brothers that are younger than you. Serve as a mentor, as an instructor. Help them understand what these symbols mean. How the lessons in Freemasonry can be applied to their daily life. How they can have actionable advice or they can take actionable steps into improving themselves in masonry through your interpretation of the symbols and allegories. And the second point I want to leave you with is surround yourself with symbolism. Whether you choose to wear a Masonic ring or you decide to buy some art about Freemasonry or you decide to get that emblem for your vehicle, do that. Increase the chances of you encountering these symbols in your daily life. Because by seeing them on a regular basis, you will be reminded of these lessons more frequently. Also, think about where do you spend the most time? Do you spend the most, most of your day at the office or at lodge or in, at home, in your home office? 
Now think, do you have Masonic symbolism anywhere there? It doesn't have to be something extraordinary. A little symbolism is going to help you stay in touch with the lessons of our fraternity. Think about doing that. Think about surrounding yourself or making your surrounding more conducive to you staying in touch with the lessons of Freemasonry. Prepare yourself for another installment of Masonic Conspiracies by Robert Johnson from Whence Came You Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Brother Robert Johnson here bringing you this exclusive Masonic Conspiracy for the Winding Stairs Podcast. So normally I do the research for these and all, but this last one Brother Juan sent over to me, and it was too good not to use. So what would you say if I told you that the Freemasons control Facebook? Well, that's exactly what one website is claiming. And here is what it has to say. From a profile of Mark Zuckerberg on Forbes.com. What the CIA failed to do in 60 years, Zuck has done in 7. Knowing what 800 million people, more than 10% of the world's population, think, read, and listen to. Plus, who they know. What they like. And where they live, travel, vote, shop, worship. U.S. users spend more time on Facebook, on average 6.3 hours a month, than any other site. Is it possible that Facebook, a once private social network, is run by the Freemasons, a private social network? Of course it's possible, and Zuckerberg could be at the 33rd level. There have always been strong ties between the U.S. government and the Freemasons. The all-seeing eye is on our currency, after all. It isn't surprising the U.S. government, CIA, NSA, and the rest, have a huge interest in the information we all freely share with our friends. It's even been discussed on some podcasts that the Facebook logo looks much like the logo for the Freemasons with the cane and two balls. So what do you think? Is Facebook just another company that's found its niche in society? Or is it part of a greater evil that's taking the opportunity to gather as much information on you as possible? Well, if you know anything, then you should already know. We already know everything because we're in bed with the CIA. We don't need Facebook. Oh, wait, I didn't tell you that. Thank you again to Brother Robert Johnson for another great installment of Masonic Conspiracies. Unbelievable, huh? Brother Robert Johnson is the managing editor of The Midnight Freemasons, a blog that publishes three times a week. Excellent content. Brothers, I encourage you to check it out. Add it to your reading list. You can find them at the midnightfreemason.blogspot.com. I'll also, for your convenience, include a link to that on the show notes. And Brother Robert Johnson is also the producer of Whence Came You podcast. And that's available at wcypodcast.com. I'll link to that as well in the show notes. So go to thewindingstairs.com slash 015 for more details. I had the pleasure of spending a little bit of time speaking with Brother Johnson for an interview that he will feature on an upcoming episode. So make sure to check out his website for more details, wcypodcast.com. Also, I want to thank Brother Jason Ramos. Brother Ramos is the owner of Product Research Gear, and I'm going to share a link to his website and his Facebook on thewindingstairs.com. 
if you visit the oneysters.com slash 015, you'll see a link to Brother Ramo's website. Uh, he has a very unique business. I find it very, very interesting. His company takes products that are related to survival gear, and he puts them to the test. He takes the top-of-the-line products out there and puts them through rigorous tests. Actually, he takes all of the products that they test and run it through the courses. I've seen photographs of, of him testing things in water, uh, putting taking things with him as he skydives. He's a smoke jumper. This is, you definitely have to check this out because it's, it's a little bit difficult for me to explain. But the reason I want to thank him is because he sent a care package my way and blew my mind. This brother actually wrote me a handwritten letter on parchment and it was sealed with wax. Imagine the impression. And I know you've heard me talk about this before. Those are the kind of things that make our fraternity special. Brother Jason, thank you so much for that. Also, he included a handmade pendant that has a work of art inside of it. And I'm going to share photos of this with you. But it is of a mosaic found in Pompeii. And the mosaic shows a skull and a level. So I, I won't tell you anything more. You'll see the rest of it on the website. And the final announcement I want to bring up is that I am involved in a new project that I encourage you to check out, and it's called the Masonic Roundtable. This is a initiative between five brothers that puts together a video program. We've imagined it, and I love the description that Brother Johnson gave on his last episode, that it is like the, the TV program The View but it's men talking about Freemasonry. So it's a panel of five brothers that are discussing modern topics about Freemasonry. You don't want to miss what we're doing there. I'm very excited about it because it's, a, it's something that I had never seen before related to Freemasonry. We discuss different things like membership, uh, the effect of technology in the fraternity. We discuss different variants of of Freemasonry that can be found around the world. So the conversations are, as you can imagine, very interesting. We have many varied points of views, many different levels of experience in the different bodies of Freemasonry. So everybody has something to contribute to the conversation. You can find more details about it on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel called Masonic Roundtable. So you can do a search for a channel called Masonic Roundtable. You can also find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I'm going to add links to that on thewindingstairs.com. So make sure you visit thewindingstairs.com slash 015 for the details. And if you can, give us a review or a rating within YouTube. Let us know how we're doing. If you have any suggested topics that you would like for us to discuss in the future, please do so there. We're compiling a list of the topics that the brothers want to hear about, and we're going to do our very best to keep the conversation relevant to the current events in Freemasonry. So thank you for listening to The Winding Stairs and for checking out the Masonic Roundtable. Also, 
let me know how we're doing. Let me know if you are finding our program edifying. What topics would you like to listen to in future episodes of The Winding Stairs? Do you have a favorite? All of these things help me put together programs that are relevant to you. I want to be able to to be of service and be able to help you and also grow myself as we continue in this journey. So don't forget the things that were mentioned in this program and share them with your friends and brothers in your lodge if you think that they can benefit from it. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook at Masonic Fundraiser. If you're on Twitter, you can find me at WindingStairs33. I'm also on Pinterest at The Winding Stairs. If you want to help the program and get something nice for yourself, like original Masonic art or a custom-made apron, don't forget to visit freemasonryart.com. And more importantly, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter by visiting thewindingstairs.com. Remember to surround yourself with those symbols that are going to help you in your journey of becoming a better man and mason. I hope that you have found this program to be edifying, and I hope that you join me again next time as we continue our journey up the winding stairs.